What machine learning can do for developmental biology? An article by Paul Villetreux from A. Marseille University, France. The Company of Biologists, 2021. Abstract. Developmental biology has grown into a data-intensive science with the development of high-throughput imaging and multi-omics approaches. Machine learning is a versatile set of techniques that can help make sense of these large datasets with minimal human intervention through tasks such as image segmentation, super-resolution microscopy and cell clustering. In this spotlight, I introduce the key concepts, advantages and limitations of machine learning and discuss how these methods are being applied to problems in developmental biology. Specifically, I focus on how machine learning is improving microscopy and single-cell omics techniques and data analysis. Finally, I provide an outlook for the features of these fields and suggest ways to foster new interdisciplinary developments. Introduction Developmental biology has undergone considerable transformations in the past 10 years. It has moved from the study of developmental genetics, which was mainly focused on the molecular scale, to an integrative science incorporating dynamics at multiple scales, from single molecules to cells to tissues. The development of new microscopy techniques, such as light sheet microscopy or high resolution microscopy, has enabled the study of entire embryos and single molecular processes in the context of entire tissues. In parallel, high throughput sequencing techniques have opened new avenues for the study of gene expression in developing embryos at a whole genome scale. These techniques generate terabytes of data and description in high-dimensional spaces. For this reason, it has become difficult to explore this wealth of data by hand. Therefore, we need to harness automated methods from computer science and statistics to explore these datasets and extract the key features in a digestible manner. This requires asking the right questions and identifying the right approaches to answer them. Concurrently, computer science is being revolutionized by machine learning, a subfield of artificial intelligence that implements interface algorithms with minimal human intervention. Machine learning can be broadly divided into supervised, unsupervised and reinforcement learning and aims at solving the following common tasks classification, regression, ranking, clustering, and dimensional reduction. Following a rich history of methods applied to developmental problems such as genetic algorithms to interfere evolution development relationships, deep learning is a popular example of machine learning. Although deep learning was invented many years ago, it has come to full performance by taking advantage of large annotated datasets and the use of new hardware, such as the Graphical Processing Unit, GPU. Since then, there has been a 
long line of very impressive successes of machine learning in a large variety of fields. One such milestone was the victory of the computer AlphaGo against the world champion of the tragic game Go. But beyond this technological achievement, how can machine learning really advance scientific fields? It would be unrealistic to expect an exhaustive picture of the field of machine learning. However, in this spotlight, I give a brief overview of this fast-growing, evolving field and explore the use of these different methods through two main axes. One, how they can help improve microscopy techniques and two, how they can be used to analyze the large data sets produced by single-cell omics techniques. Microscopy Machine learning has been particularly instrumental in the field of fluorescent microscopy. Deep learning in particular has been designed for and is extremely well adapted to the study of images. Here I show how machine learning and deep learning helps to improve processing of microscopy data. Image segmentation Image segmentation is the process of automatically identifying regions of interest in an image and is an important part of quantification of microscopy images in developmental biology. Segmentation usually involves creating digital reconstructions of the shape of nuclei or cell membranes, which can then be used to quantify various features of these objects such as the volume and shape index, as well as additional signals, such as the expression of a given gene within these regions. For several years, the question of cell segmentation was treated using more or less explicit models, which means that they would include information a priori of the system under study. Typical examples include image intensity thresholding or active counterouts, that incorporate a model of the continuity of the membranes being segmented. However, the question of image segmentation can be restarted as a pixel classification task. Does a pixel belong to an object or not? This leads to more genetic models based on deep learning. Two recent approaches, Stardust and CellPose, have been particularly successful at segmentation in 2D and 3D. These approaches are part of the family of supervised algorithms. Although very successful, they require large datasets of level data to train the models, which can be time-consuming and costly to establish. However, a recent study suggests that it is possible to train segmentation models without needing level data, leading to an unsupervised learning algorithm. Large-scale screens and tracking In addition to image segmentation, machine learning can be applied to intuitive movies of developing embryos and high-throughput image data acquisition techniques for automatic phenotyping, cell tracking and cell lineage reconstruction. Large phenotypic screens can be performed automatically on large sets of images using supervised deep learning algorithms. These are called image classification or trajectory classification tasks. 
cell tracking relates to the problem of object tracking, which is a widespread challenge in the image analysis field. Several methods have been directly transferred to fluorescent microscopy images. Lineage reconstruction, however, is more specific to developmental biology because the tracked objects are dividing. Dividing events can be detected with a supervised deep learning method. The precise history of these cell divisions can be obtained from time-lapse movies, cell barcoding, or a combination of these approaches. Once the cell lineage data are obtained, one can investigate the developmental origin of various tissues. Image resolution. When considering the question of localizing individual molecules, one can turn to super-resolution microscopy, which has benefited spectacularly from machine learning. To improve image resolution, one can train the model on a set of high-resolution images coupled with their less well-resolved counterparts, as demonstrated by the method Anna-Pal. Through this supervised approach, the model learns the mapping that converts a low-resolution image to a high-resolution image. Once learned, one can then acquire low-resolution images and improve them with the model to predict the high-resolution image. Here, the algorithm solves a regression task by predicting the value of individual pixels varying continuously, which is different from segmentation that instead aims to classify pixels. The method CAR has a similar conceptual approach to predict a denoised image from a noisy one. These types of approaches are supervised learning techniques and hence rely on high quality level datasets. It should be noted that because they are generating new artificial images, they are prone to potential errors known as hallucinations, which consist of artifacts generated when improving images without basis in the original images. Level free imaging. Obtaining fluorescently leveled images is a long and costly process, particularly when using amino-based staining. Some approaches have been proposed to predict labels from another less expensive type of microscopy, such as transmitted-like microscopy, using supervised deep learning techniques. In these examples, the model is learned from pairs of images acquired in two modalities, the first modality being the transmitted light microscopy and the other the labelled one. Once the model is learned, a new fluorescently labelled image can be predicted from an image containing only the first modality. Although very powerful, this label-free imaging framework works only on a limited number of labels and is thus not yet widely usable in developmental biology. Data integration. When many images are produced with various modalities, how can one integrate them into a common representation, for example, live movies or fixed samples? This is the question of data fusion. We propose an approach to answer this question using a regression model between several sets of images containing various levels. Using the model learned, we could predict 
an integrative representation of multiple patterns of gene expression at high spatial and temporary resolution. These examples illustrate that machine learning provides us with powerful methods and deep learning is particularly well suited for many of the challenges of microscopy in developmental biology. It should be noted that there is a large diversity of deep learning architectures, with many hyperparameters that define the characteristics of a model which need to be tuned and can change the results. Additionally, supervised learning approaches rely heavily on manually leveled data which can be costly and cumbersome to acquire. Training the dataset is crucial because the quality of the results of any supervised learning algorithm depends on the quality of the training dataset. The size of the training dataset is also an important factor. If the model has too many parameters and is trained on a too small dataset, one risk is that the data could be overfit and therefore have poor generalization power. Machine learning approaches still need expert knowledge, both in biology and in computer science, to examine the results cautiously and to tune the models carefully. Single cell omics. Single cell omics are a family of methods that take advantage of high throughput sequencing techniques, such as cell RNA sequencing and high C to measure the quantity of transcripts or the 3D confirmation of DNA, respectively. Here, I show how machine learning can be used to study these large datasets. Clustering. One of the main uses of single-cell transcriptomics is the past few years has been the reconstruction of differentiation trajectories in developing embryos. In particular, a series of papers have shown the progression of gene expression for every cell in a developing embryo. The principal issue with this approach is that the single-cell data is obtained as a series of snapshots at different developmental time points. To be able to measure the content of every cell in a tissue, the tissue has to be dissociated, thus stopping development. Therefore, differentiation dynamics are reconstructed from several embryos at different stages and then merged together. There are several challenges associated with this type of measurement. The first challenge comes from the high dimensionality of the data. Here a dimension refers to the measured quantity of transcript for one gene. In a typical single-cell RNA sequencing experiment, there are about 20,000 dimensions. The second challenge is how to infer trajectories from biologically independent embryos. The introduction of non-linear, low-dimensional embedding techniques have been particularly successful in the study of high-dimensional data. These techniques aim to reduce the dimensionality of the data while preserving its main features. The popular principal component analysis PCA is an in a way of reducing dimensionality, where the new representation is linearly related to the high dimensional one. Nonlinear dimensionality reduction techniques generalize this idea 
when the data sets have non-similar intrinsic structures. There are sometimes also called manifold learning techniques, the manifold being the geometric shape of the data points. One application of such techniques to transcriptomic data was the use of DSNE by Dana Peters Group in a framework called VISNE. More recently, UMAP, Uniform Manifold Approximation and Projection, has become widely used because of how well the topology of the data points is preserved when reducing the dimensionality. For example, a line in high dimension will stay a line in low dimension and similarly for a cycle. The topological properties carry the qualitative relationships within the data. Usually, the mapping between high dimensions and low dimensions is inferred in a way that preserves the proximity relationships between the measured data points, enabling the visualization of clusters of similar cells, as well as the dynamics of how cells are diverging from each other, for example, during development. The methods to explore these results are usually clustering methods and regression. Trajectory inference Several methods have been designed to reconstruct the trajectories of differentiating cells. When all the cells are undergoing the same process, they will appear to follow one trend in the low-dimensional embedding, which is what is used by pseudo-time inference methods. These one-dimensional trends serves as an ordering of the cells, which can be one-to-one -one in relation to the actual time. When the shape of the manifold on which the points are lying is more complicated than just a line, which is the case for developing embryos, more sophisticated methods have been developed, relying on geometry interference methods for discrete point clouds. Going further, some authors have attempted to fuse data from different sources to be able to infer correlation between variables that cannot be measured at the same time, or to use joint measurements for the embedding. Overall, these methods fall within the umbrella of nonlinear dimensionality reduction methods, which are unsupervised techniques. The main limitation of the nonlinear dimensionality reduction methods comes from the difficulty of getting explicit mappings between the initial high dimensional space and the final low dimensional embedding. The new coordinate system is dependent on the data set used, making it therefore difficult to transfer the new situations. Inference of spatial and temporal relationships. Finally, one recent interesting trend has been to devise computational approaches based on the mathematical framework of optimal transport to predict the spatial organization of cells from their transcriptomic profile. The theory of optimal transport was originally developed by the French mathematician Gaspard Monge in 1781 to solve the problem of redistributing Earth for the purpose of building fortifications with minimal work. Now, 
it is a geometric approach that aims at minimizing the distortion induced in mapping probability distributions to one another. In the study by Schiebinger and colleagues, differentiation trajectories within a large number of data points are inferred through the estimation with optimal transport of the coupling between consecutive time points. Nitsen and colleagues make the hypothesis that the distance between cells in transcriptomic space is preserved in the physical space of a tissue. For example, cells that are close in a tissue should have similar gene expression and vice versa. This principle formalized as an optimal transport problem and applied the entire sets of cells leads to accurate results with data from zebrafish and fly development. It is an unsupervised learning method in the same way as non-linear dimensionality reduction approaches and is thus dependent on the dataset used for training so does not offer independent coordinate systems. Therefore, much care must be taken when generalizing to new situations. However, these two studies start to tackle some of the main challenges of single-cell transcriptomics concerning its inability to measure spatial information or temporal information directly. Growing an interdisciplinary community Overall, the applications of machine learning in developmental biology are broad and the methods preserved above are only a starting point. Now, I describe the conditions that could foster new interdisciplinary developments. The machine learning community is successful at developing methods that can be a broad use for data-intensive sciences. To grow an interdisciplinary community that will be able to fruitfully transfer knowledge between machine learning and developmental biology, we need to 1. Establish well-curated datasets 2. Establish well-identified common tasks 3. Establish computational platforms to run algorithms and 4. Improve computational literacy in biologist communities Machine learning methods are successful because they can take advantage of very large datasets. This requires infrastructure and the organization of research to advance science at the level of a community. The main need when developing machine learning models is level data used for training, where the relationship between the source of the target is precisely established. Published datasets can be used for many purposes, including being reused as training sets for machine learning. In order to take full advantage of the wealth of data that has been published or sitting celluloids in labs unused, we can use large storage infrastructures and data management tools, such as the platform Omiro for microscopy images. Omiro has been developed by the open microscopy environment and is intended for accessing, processing and sharing specific image data and metadata. 
In addition, to increase the speed of data dissemination, we need to establish ways of citing and reusing data without going through the process of publishing peer-reviewed publications. Another way of organizing data at a large scale is to create common goals. The Human Cell Atlas and the Human Protein Atlas which aim at providing reference maps for every human cell and every human protein within cells, respectively, are excellent examples of how to pool resources of various research teams. Researchers can share their data and benefit from the methods and insights stemming from the shared datasets. Similarly, competitions around one task are a good way of incentivizing computer scientists to develop the best algorithms and can go a long way towards establishing standard problems and methods. One example is the 2018 Data Science Bowl Challenge, which established the problem of segmentation microscopy imaging and served as a source of data for various articles. In addition to the question of how to store data, the second bottleneck is computational resources. As we have discussed, machine learning methods, and deep learning in particular, require specific hardware such as GPUs. These will image processing software packages used in developmental biology are adapting to these growing needs. For example, it is now possible to combine image processing software such as FIJI and Cell Profiler 3.0 with a GPU extension. Finally, it is important to acknowledge that designing a deep learning model is still a difficult task for someone with little experience in programming. Fortunately, accessible platforms such as ZeroCourse DL4 MIC or IMJOY can help bridge the gap between model users and developers. Furthermore, computer science literacy initiatives are crucial to prevent a divide between computer scientists and biologists. New Bias, the network of European bioimage analysis, is an excellent example of such effort. Perspectives The promises of machine learning are high, however, there are several limitations that need to be mentioned. First, machine learning usually involves a black box. When considering deep learning, there are millions of parameters that are trained to obtain a predictive model. These parameters are coupled in a non-linear way and it is therefore very difficult to understand how a deep learning model is actually making decisions. This is a major caveat, particularly when considering the potential applications to the medical field where responsibility in decision making is crucial. Luckily, there are various ways to make a predictive model interpretable and open black box. Importantly, this interpretability can even be used for biological discovery. The second limitation of machine learning comes from the fact that the generalization power of these methods is dependent on the training datasets. Indeed, the model can only extract the information of the dataset that has been used for training. 
that is some theoretical work that provides bounds to the generalization error but they are not always practical because they are not necessarily computable in a reasonable time an example of this is the Redemacher complexity which helps compute the representativeness of a data set the practical way of characterizing generalization error consists of using cross-validation techniques. The dataset is split into subparts, upon which the accuracy of the model can be evaluated. Cross-validation methods are unfortunately not sufficient in every situation, in particular when a training dataset is too small and leads to model overfitting or hallucinations. Moreover, when considering deep learning models, even though their high accuracy has been proven broadly, they are not immune to specific adversarial examples. For example, changing a few pixels of a chest X-ray can lead the classifier to miscategorize a healthy chest into pneumothorax and vice versa. Adversarial examples are engineered for misclassification and expose the vulnerabilities of deep learning models. They can become a threat if a classifier is used routinely in a key real-world application. We also discussed the fact that nonlinear dimensionality reductions methods extensively used in single-cell omics need to be used with caution as well as their results are highly dependent on the datasets used. Finally, as mentioned previously, there is a need for expert knowledge to tune models accurately and examine their results, giving biologists and computer scientists important roles and responsibilities. For developmental biologists, it is interesting to observe that machine learning has been largely inspired by research in computational neuroscience. Indeed, deep learning has been built as an analogy to the circuitry of a brain. Developmental biology is a science that is concerned with the study of organizing functional systems emerging from individual units, cells. One can wonder if developmental biologists could benefit from implementing the principles of development in the algorithms of machine learning. One successful attempt is the so-called Computational Pattern Producing Network CPPN, which mimics pattern formation in development to infer any kind of function. More precisely, these technique models the emergence of complex patterns in space on 2D or 3D domains by composing very simple functions until a complex pattern is obtained. The final pattern can be considered a composition of simple spatial patterns of gene expression such as gradients. It has recently been used to automatically design reconfigurable organisms in silico which have subsequently been generated in vitro. Cells and tissues as cognitive agents could serve as an inspiration and a model for autonomous computers and robots evolving and developing in a complex environment. 
In the not too distant future, we can expect that machine learning will be part of many fields in the life sciences. Few studies have taken advantage of reinforcement learning in developmental biology and the intersection between machine learning and physical inference is only beginning. Finally, machine learning is a quickly changing field. New paradigms such as federated learning or self-supervised learning are emerging. Federated learning aims to take advantage of distributed data acquisition devices. In this paradigm, instead of updating machine learning models on a centralized data repository, the models are updated first locally on the data acquisition devices when new data is being acquired. The local models are then aggregated globally without any data transfer, protecting data privacy and reducing the size of centralized data storage infrastructures. Self-supervised learning aims to overcome the need of labeled data for training deep learning models. In this approach, labels are generated automatically from large-scale unlabeled images or videos without any human intervention. Recent results show that the performance of self-supervised methods are comparable to supervised methods for object detection and segmentation tasks. Overall, progress in data management and machine learning model performance will likely lead to new breakthroughs in developmental biology. Thank you for listening.